know. I can't figure out why they made me like this. Seems the hard way to be a gnome. Why make me hard the hard way? <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about that. <laughs> Not talking about the gnome being hard to make. So what are we talking about? How headphones are made. Oh, the hard way. Well, specifically our headphones. Yeah. Gnome headphones? Well, oh, yeah. We could make a headphone for a gnome, but... Mm. Yeah. He's pretty good. He's got some spring to him. He's obviously earthquake-proof. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. The question is, is uh, the question posed would be, how come we got to make things the hard way all the time? And that's a good question because it seems like everything we do is difficult to do. <laughs> this isn't something we really discreetly talked about, and I suppose it has some merit. From a consumer perspective, you kind of miss out on a few things. Uh, you don't really necessarily know why a manufacturer does a thing a certain way, and you don't really necessarily know the pros and the cons of doing it that way. But for us, we seem to have a very different approach from traditional manufacturers. We're, I guess you would say, not in it to make a headphone necessarily. Now that's a tricky one, right? We'll talk about this. Could be tricky. Mm. Someone so could twist those words. Traditional, <laughs> traditional headphone manufacturers seemingly are in the market to make a headphone, and they're trying to make a good headphone. And by that, I mean they're trying to make a product that you find compelling enough to purchase, and they're trying to make a profit on it. Right? I think that's no secret to most people. However, we're not really following that approach per se. We're trying to make a product that is exceptionally compelling and pretty much as good as it can be. And what we happen to be settled on happens to be a headphone, but it's not really the headphone that's the important thing. It's more like the total cumulative experience that we find important. Right? I guess it's, it's one way to look at it. It's about making a product that is exceptional, not just a good headphone, but a product that when you receive it as a consumer, it performs better than anything else. We need to put that in the about us part of our website because that's a pretty good description. Oh, yeah. What we have now is kind of stale compared to what you just said. But it's true. That's how we think of that's when you look at how we don't think about it much because we just do it. But I guess when if you looked at us from the outside, that's kind of how we're approaching these these challenges is uh, we're not too concerned with uh, the any type of norm. Don't, no. Don't care what the norm is. We're not doing market research to figure out what's the most profitable means to make a, a headphone or something like that. What we could do to maximize returns. That is, I think to anyone in the know, very obviously not what we're doing. Yeah, like a lot of people say, oh, why don't you just make a $100 BIS headphone? Well, right. That's not really what we do here. You know, that's not what we do here. <laughs> it's a, there's plenty of people doing that, right? We no issue can't. there. Yeah. No, it's not the way we think. Right. You know? Well, I think we get in, like, a bubble, and then, like, you're only working on one thing, right? So all you're worried about is, like, like currently we're working on Diana TC. So it's, like, all you're paying attention to is Diana TC. You're not listening to anything else. You're not comparing it to other things. You know, it's just focused on making that the best Optimizing can. that yeah. design. Yeah. Best we can. Yeah. Subjectively, objectively, etc. And uh, yeah, and it, it and it ultimately winds up being as good as it can be, given all the parameters we set for ourselves, right? With that, it's a very product. boutique approach compared to. Well, I guess actually a lot of people complain about how we say that boutique, boutique. I don't know. I'm confused. Boo. 
Last time there was like five people that were. I like boutique, but boutique, boutique. Yeah, technically, it's boo. But then again, but creek whatever. and crick are the same word. Mm, but close enough. Yeah, it's a word. I said it. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, boutique, boo. We try to find an approach that manufactures a product that people find to be exceptional. Um, it's not about making a headphone that's profitable or making a headphone that fills a gap in a market. <laughs> and I think this is more profound than people recognize because um, at least speaking for myself, I'm not driven to make a headphone that's average or slightly better than a competitor. Um, you'd see this a lot on the market. It seems like people are kind of sort of in a bit of a competition to make something slightly better than the competitor. Well, in some ways. And the reasoning for that is they're only trying to make it better enough that you buy theirs and not the other one, but not good enough that they have no room for improvement or that you don't feel you need to improve it. Because right. unlike us, where we'll, we'll um, you know, just completely go nuts on a design till we feel it's done, done, most companies just don't take it that far. Well, you know? there's a thing that I've been doing lately. Um, like when we finally finalized uh, Diana TC. Yeah. Like so everything. I just didn't listen to anything, no headphones, for a week, yeah. and then came back. And if you're not surprised at how well, it's how good it sounds, right. Then you didn't it's do probably good. going in the wrong yeah, direction. Yeah, right. yeah, it's a good litmus test. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is impressive. Yeah. You know, the thing is, like, normally when you see lower cost products, they're they're made to that price point, right? We've talked about this before. Um, it's more about volume. Their, 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 their whole goal is to sell as many pieces as possible. So it's, you know, and therefore, obviously, you would increase your, you would hopefully increase profits. Now, some companies sell more pieces and they can't make enough, so therefore now they have another issue that not really, or they need to hire so much labor to continue to increase the volume that you never really get gain a s appreciable amount of profit. Anyway, this is all business stuff and it doesn't really matter as much as what we're talking about with the design. And overall though is that I think the way to look at it is we're not, we're not c trying to work on a model saying, oh, we're gonna sell a million of these. It just that's we know that's not going to happen. It's already a given. All right. So so given that it's like, all right, so what what we're looking at, we come at it from a totally different angle. You know, we're saying we're just going to make whatever this takes. We're going to make the best product we can out of it and let let the chips fall where they may in terms of pricing. It is what it is when we're done. And that's the way we look at it. Well, you would have to do a lot of things different if you wanted to go high volume. You couldn't design it the same because it would need to be actually designed for manufacturability, which we're not doing. Yeah, <laughs> a ease, lot of, ease of ease of assembly, yeah, ease of manufacturing. A lot of things would have to change. Yeah, yeah. This is we we seem to pick the most difficult paths on everything we do, and and it's not that we do that on purpose or we're trying to do it that way. It just tends to wind up giving us the best results. It gets us toward the goals we're after. Well, sometimes things are a bit interesting to do it a certain way, and so we do it a way that I find to be unique or interesting. But well, generally speaking, we're not intentionally seeking to make it difficult. The, the goal is to make it as easy to put together as possible and as affordable as practical, but if there's a way to do it that is better and it costs a little bit more, we're not scared to do it. And the reality is intrinsic in the design. If you're doing something at a low cost or high volume, you really can't do complicated things. It's just, it requires too much labor. There's too much uncertainty. There's too much difficulty in mass production to do 
a lot of things that we do. Yeah, you have a, at aiming for a price point, you have a hard ceiling at what you can, how much you can spend on each unit, how much yep. cost it makes, hard ceiling. And it's almost always an engineering challenge to keep below that. And maximize it's a it's a very it's it's almost as I would say it's just as challenging to do that probably as it is to do something crazy, you know where you're just opening up the floodgates as to ideas and saying well let's try this and see what, how it works and and go with it, you know it's probably just as expensive either way. However, the difference is that in the end, you know you're dealing with to make it less expensive. You're really just looking at the cost of materials. It's a bill of goods and labor, you know where us where like. Well, okay, that doesn't matter. If we need to use titanium for this part, we use titanium, right? right. If we need to use the highest level grade of stainless, we use that. Um, you know, and if it works, if it solves, if it tries to get us to what our attain our goal, and so you know, and you can't. It's that's the those are the two different realities of mass production and volume versus boutique products where you're just you're after something that doesn't exist anywhere else. Well, I know. Uh, actually, it is a lot harder to design for low cost, usually, because I know Bosch specifically they had a, tried to make a sensor cheaper for a, a Indian car manufacturer. They couldn't do it, yeah. so they actually uh, uh, started a separate division in India for of Bosch, and the, they they actually figured out how to make it cheaper in India. The Indian engineers <laughs> better than the German engineers yeah. to make it because they were used to. Designing Thinking things that for, way. for cost, yeah. yeah, and I guess that's really what it boils down to. It is a, it's a style of designing or thinking that you know, it's just like Apple products tend to have a certain style to them that follows through through the line, various lines, and you know, any pro any any successful company uh, has a certain style to them. I guess you could say, and you know, it's got to be tough. I mean, you could see where, like, particularly, like, I could imagine like designing a car. It's so complex because you have you have so many features on a car in terms of the looks, the exterior, the interior, every knob and you know nook and cranny, the stitching on the dash. If you got such a thing, you know, you think about all the details. How many thousands of people must integrate to make that a product? That's crazy, you know, and, and have it look coherent. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look like Jimmy designed a shifter and Jack designed a dash, you know. It uh, is a wow. huge challenge and. The consumer wouldn't be aware, but it, it's extremely difficult, typically, to design a cohesive, easy-to-manufacture, and high-volume, low-cost goods that are actually exceptional. Um, usually, you are required to do certain manufacturing methods because you just can't afford to do it another way, or there's nobody in the world that has the capabilities to manufacture it some exotic way for you, you like irrespective the, of cost. Like the Bugattis you look at, and it's like the cool right. shit they do. That's kind of what it reminds me of to a car well, side, right? Bugatti, that's that's pretty uh, high volume, relatively speaking. Yeah. I was thinking more like Koenigsegg, you where you that. make like yeah. seven a year. Yeah. You know, like they're, not, they're, not, they're not worried about yeah using exotic I mean, materials. Everything's like everything. carbon fiber, this. Yeah. it's all Everything's custom. There's yeah. probably nothing stock on the whole car. But you can do you that know? if you're making half a car a month right you know yeah, right right but it's crazy though when yeah. you think about the detail and you look at the detail it's that see that's to me that's what i appreciate about those cars it's not necessarily just the speed you know or the performance or even the looks of it but it's the beauty of all the workmanship that went into it you know right down to like they put like a badge or something for the engine and the right compartment they got like a machined aluminum or something plate that goes 
for every car with I don't know I just remember looking at these the, the subtle details that exist in there you can't get in a Chevy or a Ford or a Bimmer or Mercedes it just it doesn't exist now well, of you course, can't <laughs> yeah, yeah the price points completely yeah. you know, 10 I don't know how many times 100 fold could well, be I guess the closest would know? be like AMG with their uh, one man one engine thing where one guy builds the engine for the yeah. AMG cars but right. that's about as boutique as you get in the mainstream yeah but I mean that that's I think what sets apart those products from everything is just you, you the the attention to detail is stunning and uh, that's kind of what we do here on a much smaller scale, much less parts count. You know, every little facet of every detail of it is just has a reason to be. And uh, it, what's what's I think what separates you know, our Abyss line in general from a majority of them. And not to say that other people don't look at detail either. Um, you know, some headphones have some nice looking details to them too. There are some, but it is the exception for the most part in, in, the, in this market, you know. There's some interesting products for sure, um, but really what we're seeking is, I guess, effectively to manufacture an exotic product at an attainable price point. So as far as headphones go, it happens to be expensive. Absolutely, it's not 50 bucks. But it is, for a lot of people, comparatively attainable. You know, you look at the comparison to million-dollar hypercars, that's so far out for almost 100% of the population, right? right. It's, it's crazy. But a few thousand dollars, well, <laughs> expensive, but maybe you can make it work. And it depends on what you're looking for. But I think there's a – it's almost a little interesting to have that barrier to entry there because then it kind of says to the designer, the manufacturer, that this person – um, really wanted this product. They really like it. Um, so if, if you're able to design a product that's compelling enough that somebody's willing to shell out that kind of money for, um, you hope they really love it. You hope that they find as much use out of it, well, utility we, as you, as you and can. And we found that to be the case. I mean, it, it's we've proven that the market exists as has have others. And, you know, hell, I think we were, other than Stacks, we were the first company to have this price range. Actually, Stacks had that for years with the one model, and that was the only thing in the near $5,000 U.S. category. And we came out with the 1266, and a good year of it, we heard about pricing from people. Go, you can't do that. Yeah. Yes, we can. And, uh, you know, and now look at the marketplace. It's just flooded with similarly priced product. Not flooded, but, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of product out there. I mean, now you got $3,000 players and $5,000 headphones yeah. to choose from. Or none of that existed. Well, I think the most of that was really just because of the market maturity. Um, it was because it was possible. People saw that it was uh, a sound economic decision to invest in manufacturing very high-end headphones. But it's, and, not, like, it's not like we did it. But yeah. maybe it was a kickstart. But, yeah, the the entire system maturing and the accessories showing up and more and more people finding interest in it really is what's been driving these higher dollars. But... Um, it still is rather interesting to see um, people put so much effort into making really compelling products. And I always thought that was cool. Um, yeah, me too. Really unique, special stuff that people cherish. Well, to that, me, that's more exciting. That's than, the like, thing. You know, people, stuff. you look at it like, you know, like Sony did a gold uh, portable player, gold plated portable player, right? Solid copper billet, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. who, who does that? I mean, that's the kind of thinking we're going, that's going on in the, in the industry, which just makes these th pieces unique, you know? 
and uh, and it just goes on and on. I mean, you know, A and K did that similar things too, and great, nice, beautiful finishes on these products, and nice looking screens. I mean, stuff you would never expect to see in audio. Well, that's a, that is an interesting example though, because uh, it was significantly more expensive than the aluminum version of that Sony player. Right. But at shows, everybody had the copper one. Right. I didn't see anybody have an aluminum yeah. one. Right. So I guess they that's sounded one. basically the yeah, same. That's the very thing, similar. Right? Yeah. yeah. Three times the price or something like that. Well, technically, the copper was a little smoother. Yeah. It's smidgen but better, but it was three times the price. <laughs> yeah. So you would think people would just go, oh, just get the aluminum one. They didn't. Yeah. They got the gold-plated copper one. Everyone wanted the gold-plated copper, yeah. even I, though it's really irrational. I think it was a three-to-one price ratio. I think it was like yeah. $1,200 for one versus three grand or something like that. Yeah. More. yeah. I recommended people to get the aluminum one. I said, hey, if you like this one, the aluminum one's basically the same thing, a little less storage. Yeah. Um, a third the price, but, but everyone bought the copper. It shows to go you that you know appearance, appearances do matter, yeah. and uh, you know and finishes too. Well, and, and that that weight you can't get around the weight. Well, of that's that the copper. thing, you know. Like yeah, I mean, you, once you like we had it at trade yeah. shows a number of years, and people just look at it and go, well, "This wow. is cool." I mean, yeah. I want one of these. You know, yeah. this is gold. Yeah, yeah there's no gold. rational reason for it. Yeah, no, right. Other than you want it, right? Yeah, and right. that's good enough. That's sometimes that's all it takes to pull out pull out your wallet out. Yeah. You know? good enough and that's why we do what we do too because people want unique i do i know i look for that when i go shopping i like to find things that you know you don't find it uh, at walmart all day long it'd be cool it's cool to find it's hard to find high quality unique products mm -hmm. in any category yeah it's hard so many things are just knockoffs of a knockoff and you may not even recognize it but a lot of times designs are more or less the same for huge yeah, periods right. of time. And so one person came up with a design and everyone else just more or less cloned it or manipulated Cheapened it in some way. Yeah. yeah. And so over time, you basically get 100 iterations of a very, very similar design. And they may look the same, but a lot of times these low-cost consumer goods are made by totally different companies. Yeah. They just happen to look the same. Everybody more or less narrowed down on the same style and design. People think these things are made in one big factory somewhere. No, oftentimes... 100 different factories making basically the same product, mm. but that's what consumers are buying, and it kind of causes issues. Because then if you're looking for exotic, special, unique, it's hard to find because for the most part, what you get is average and acceptable. It serves the task well enough that it's all you get. And mm. I really actively seek uh, unique, exciting, interesting, novel ways to do things. It's kind of like back in the day they used to have all the, the women's purses. They used to have all these knockoff purses coming in from primarily well, probably China. Still you know? do. Yeah, look lookalikes. Well, that's been nipped in the butt yeah, tremendously. Yeah. There, there's a lot of clamping down going on in imports and stuff like that in the U.S. The stuff doesn't make it across the border anymore. There's protections in place. Well, same you thing know. with watches, you know, all that. Right. Yeah, a lot of that's really been nipped in the butt. It's yeah. understandable. You've got these high-end brands you know, and uh, and and they're and they're and they're made to a very high level of quality that the consumer expects at that price, and you got ones that kind of look like that, but have, you know, you're lucky if it keeps time for a month or two before or it the, fails. The, the minute hand you falls know, off from a distance, <laughs> yeah, from, yeah, right, right. From a distance, it looks similar, but it ain't any, it ain't nothing like it, you know. Yeah. And it's kind of BS, and it's more of a novelty than anything. But yeah, it gets to a point where you got you got hundreds of thousands of those floating around. The novelty isn't so funny anymore. It's like. How do you differentiate? You know, so. It's actually a big issue because <laughs> yeah. I find this all the time. Whenever you're looking for cheap goods, especially on like Amazon or something like that, where you're not physically interfacing with the product, it is very difficult to understand what's the difference between these products. They may look identical, but I've seen plenty of times where they're not. 
they're made different, they perform differently. Yeah. You may have three products that look like they're the same thing, they perform differently, they're made differently it's internally. It's extremely rare to see a copy that's as good as the original. Extremely yeah. rare, and, and that's the reason it's a copy, right, is because they, whoever copied it thought it was a good idea, it was selling real well, hey, we could do that too <laughs> for right. cheaper, right? But how but, it always goes is when someone copies something, they don't know why right. it's made the way it is. They only copy the so look. They copy the look, the style, yeah. the design, but the performance, well, yeah, there's, yeah, there's no thought process. Not it. always. Yeah, well, the biggest one, SD cards, because mm -hmm. you could get one that looks the same. It's the same piece. They're all, yeah. They have the same labeling and everything. Yeah. And you get them from Amazon, too, and they could be fake. Yeah. You know? There's a lot like that, right? And it's, it's a difficult thing. So I think uh, one good way to more or less certify that this is the authentic, this is a different, unique product, is to make it totally different. Um, because occasionally you find something on Amazon or whatever. It's manufactured totally radically differently. And um, oftentimes it's for the better. Oftentimes that one in 10 product that's made in a totally different way does outperform the other ones. But it is really hard to know. Kind of like this gnome here that's sitting on a spring. He's a high performance gnome? He's Yeah, he's designed for like, you know, the earth could move and he's still going to stand up pretty mm. much. Or, or <laughs> whatever. Like that. Mm. Yeah. He's, vi he's vibration resistant. Mm. He, he'd be good with a pair of 1266s on his head. A little pair? Yeah, yeah, yeah a little mini pair. A little gnome pair? Yeah. yeah I, 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 I agree. I would be really good with that. <laughs> Is that the same voice? I don't think so. <laughs> I agree. I'd be really good with the 1266. Yeah. Make me a pair. On that note, we should probably get moving. Um, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, subscribe to our channel because we got plenty more coming for the holidays. And uh, oh, keep in mind we could always use some ideas. So if you have anything you want us to talk about, mm. uh, TOTL at abyssheadphones.com. Just email us, TOTL at abyssheadphones.com. Mm -hmm. Take care. Yeah, gnome oh, voice. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to do a gnome voice? So you want me to pretend I'm him? I'm so excited about today's topic. We need a voice from him. It should be deeper. Oh, I'm thinking of what we could talk about. No, it's not, why so quiet? <laughs> That's no. terrible. No. Do your gnome voice. Like, oh, hey, I'm a gnome. I don't think I don't think <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Hey. I'm, I'm <laughs> All right, so <laughs> well, I'm, uh, what voice sounds best in the head? The one? last one is More pretty like good. This? Or should yeah, I do, talk do light? No, no, do the last one. Or should I go really close up and talk about it? But oh why does God. it get quieter when it gets low? Like this? So what's the topic? <laughs> Maybe we should do that first with him. Why built they saw uh, him? Yeah, yeah. You know, do the gnome voice. I can't do it. Okay, the gnome. I'm the gnome. Be the gnome. <laughs> I'm better. I'm better. <laughs> Be the gnome. Oh, you need some right. method, method acting. Me yeah. Um, I'm crying. Yeah. Gnome. <laughs> Very visibly shaking like that. It's good. <laughs> I know. This place is bouncy. Oh, it's good they gave me a spring. I made a really good material. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's got like a swizzle. <laughs> <laughs> is it hot in here? <laughs> oh, this is gonna be difficult. Oh, I don't know if I should be here for this. Oh my god. <laughs>